0: Chapter Six of Women, Children, Love, and Marriage. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Women, Children, Love, and Marriage by Catherine Gascoigne Hartley. Section One of Children: A Boy's Misery. Quite the saddest thing I have come across for some time is the account of the suicide from remorse of a widow who drowned herself in utter misery her body being found near the spot where a fortnight before that of her son aged eleven had been discovered the boy it seems had committed suicide after being accused of stealing money belonging to his mother even from the bare outline of what happened there stands out stark like some haunting fiend of pain the agony suffered by this boy and mother before each sought the merciful quietness of death i find myself conscious of emotions stronger and more vexing than the strangling sense of pity i am angry at the waste of two lives and especially of the fine young life so grievously destroyed why i ask myself do we torture children by forcing on their sensitive natures punishment for failure in right conduct While we make no attempt to understand the hidden struggles and unexplained emotions that almost always are the cause? How is it we fail to remember so completely our own growth, the mistakes we made, the undiscovered sins that now we have forgotten? This boy stole from his mother. A thief you call him, a bad and ungrateful son. But wait, think, why did he steal? An easy question, perhaps, you will say to answer he desired to buy sweets wished to visit the cinema he had been betting with his marbles and getting into bad habits or he wanted to swagger as a capitalist among his friends yes that sounds probable enough some such were i expect the reasons given by the mother probably believed in by the boy himself for so often we force the acceptance of our adult stupidities upon our children the poor boy counted himself a thief believed that he had sinned he felt that he had wronged the mother whom he loved so much he did not know for there was no one to tell him that he did not care at all for the money he stole for these trivial reasons no he did not know but underneath hidden in the darkness of his young soul there was a stronger driving imperative unknown and unsuspected by anyone, most of all by the boy himself which was the irresistible force that caused him to steal the reason of his action is really simple and would be recognized at once by any psychologist it must be sought in the relation of the boy to his mother he was not loved enough at least in some way he was unhappy in his home relationship at conflict in his innermost nature he stole money though he did not know it because he wanted love of his life through his eleven years i lack the information that would provide us with the necessary details of proof It is exceedingly improbable that the details will be forthcoming, for this boy was unknown and his death even at the time caused no stir. But it is a very certain inference from the evidence of the excessive remorse that drove him to take his own life that, sometime in his earlier years, he had suffered some shock of jealousy or stress of misery in relation to his mother, that initiated the trouble which later had to force an expression by means of his thefts. I hope that I make my meaning clear the idea of transferring a feeling into a quite different action may be a little strange to you yet everyone knows that if you are angry with someone and dare not show it you may gain relief from some kind of violent action entirely unconnected with the cause of the angry feelings the boy who is afraid of his father or is otherwise unhappy in his home is very likely to be a bully he takes what he has suffered out of someone weaker than himself and it is the same process when the suppressed painful feelings of jealousy or other unhappiness take the form of spending money the impulse is so powerful that if the money cannot be got in any other way it will be stolen in many children there arises jealousy in connection with their home relationships often without reason but none the less real to the childish imagination and this causes them to doubt the parental love that is as necessary to them as the sun to the flower in its mild and practically harmless form this feeling of being neglected which few children quite escape is only occasionally active and remains unrecognized though it is the frequent cause of irritability of minor sicknesses and faults in behavior the results in aggravated cases are far more important and cause not infrequently such a desperate consciousness of inferiority with an always pressing sense of wanting something that there arises an overpowering physical and spiritual necessity for the liberation of the hidden trouble this relief is found usually in acts of violence frequently in stealing in the case we are considering we see the boy beyond all shadow of doubt oversensitive the symptoms of the unconscious trouble expressing themselves on the one side in an exaggerated feeling of inferiority and on the other in a compelling need to find opportunity for the assertion of power i do not know just how it happened maybe his mother who was paid with her life in passionate remorse was too hindered with the troublesome details of life to be able to cultivate and pick the flowers of love i cannot know but i do know that in the tender psyche or soul of that poor boy was some terrible need for his mother's love a want which he did not understand indeed of which he was probably wholly unaware he may even have been in outward rebellion have thought he was indifferent to his mother but such a state would but furnish further witness to the trouble within had he known what it was he wanted he would not have done what he did but the ever disturbing need causing confusion in his soul drove him to steal the most obvious thing he was without and his mother possessed that was money i do not hesitate to state that in the great majority of cases of boyish thieving the reasons for the act must be sought in some deeply hidden cause marking some inner disturbance with a feeling of wanting something which the boy does not understand the taking of small sums of money or other pilfering acts is a covering mask and has no connection with crime there is one thing further that it is necessary to remember though the fault of boyish thieving is not in itself a sign of any moral failure in the character our treatment of such small thefts our adult stupidity in understanding the difficulties and seeking out the concealed unhappiness of the young soul often hounds on the stealing boy into the thief we make criminals of the young because we are blind and hardened with our own failures and minor struggles we also cause as in the case of this boy who killed himself the most heartbreaking tragedies it is appalling even to contemplate the suffering brought quite uselessly upon boys and girls by grown-up foolish ignorance we show too little imagination in our treatment of the child who does wrong we rarely remember his almost terrible sensitiveness nor do we consider the unusual advantage from the point of view of the child that we possess just by being grown up and nothing as i have said before is to the boy plainer as a sign of this grown-up freedom than the power we have or rather that they think we have to spend money how we like and when we like that is why the taking of money is one of the most common symbolic acts for a boy's wish for love or power that boyish theft is often pathological is proved by the fact that the objects stolen are often useless to the boy that they are hidden away and as a rule forgotten and further that the boy forgets or almost forgets what he has stolen or how he took them some boys have a passion for stealing certain objects which they will take over and over again those who have had anything to do with delinquent children well know these symptoms in nearly all cases the thieving is repeated over long periods although each act may be followed by violent remorse parents and all those who have to deal with these childish wrongdoers should know that this sorrow especially if it is emotionally excessive serves only to increase the tendency to a fresh repetition of the theft for remorse fixes the boy's attention on his stealing and still more on the pleasurable feelings that unconsciously to himself are connected with the act he remembers these though he does not know it whenever he thinks of his wickedness in stealing and this fixity of attention in itself is a kind of rehearsal of the act that is very likely to lead to an actual performance of it boyish remorse is no doubt gratifying to parents but almost invariably it is harmful to the boy whenever the boy thinks how bad he is how wrong and disastrous an act would be he is in danger of being compelled to perform that act most of us have experienced this but we forget its application to the moral conduct of the young Once, think how terrible it would be to fall down the precipice, and the idea of jumping down approaches. Remorse is a form of temptation, and all forms of temptation should, if possible, be avoided in dealing with the misconduct of children. If your boy steals money, do not leave money lying about. Also, even if he has stolen money several times, express no faintest suspicion as to his not using honorably any money entrusted to him for some necessary purpose such as paying railway fares or buying a school book never be suspicious over the change such a child brings you as he steals from a feeling of inferiority and in particular because through jealousy whether imagined or real he feels himself less blessed with the love of those about him than other more confident children any sign of your not being able to trust him must render him more liable to err if the thieving boy were treated with sympathy and understanding, and loved and helped, instead of being blamed and often cruelly punished, there would be fewer grown up thieves. End of CHAPTER six